Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today in our Advent teaching will be in Isaiah chapter 7 verses 14. The title of this sermon is, The Lord Himself Will Give You a Sign. As we continue our verse-by-verse study, this is the first half of a two-part study amen so the son the sign the son the savior so first thing we have to deal with is the 400 years of silence the 400 years of silence so when we look at the 400 years of silence it begins as we we close with a warning in the old testament in micah chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 it says remember the law of moses my servant which i commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So the, the hope is the, uh, the, we know that there is the projection of the Messiah that's supposed to come, the prophecy, the foretelling of the Messiah. But what they're giving here in Malachi is the forerunner. They're, they're, they're giving uh, the forerunner of John the Baptist coming. And that's important for us to remember. It's, it's, they had, were supposed to be returning from Babylonian captivity. And, and we know in the, when we look at the historical events of the time, we know as we just closed out the book of Daniel not too long ago, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, it deals with the statue and it deals with the Medes and the Persians. It deals with the Greeks, and then when the, when the Greek Empire breaks up to the four generals, and then the Roman Empire, and then that gets broken up, and then there'll be a new Roman Empire and the Antichrist. Now, all of that stuff has been prophesied and confirmed in Daniel chapter 7 through 9. But as we look at that scripture, one of the things that's very important is we see that God was moving during that 400 years of silence. The Greek language, just think about this just for a moment. The Greek language was the most common language across the people groups. The Old Testament was actually translated into the Septuagint. So people could actually read about God. Didn't matter the language. And so we know that there were cultural barriers as well. And and the language would would, uh, give us a a common ground to to work on. We have the Roman Empire, and, and, and as we see, da- Daniel said that God, God's in control. God moves and puts in whatever leader he wants to put in. Even, even in this world today, you think about some of the worst leaders, God's allowed it. He's allowed it. There should be a longing for the Lord. 
We look at Rome as Rome comes into power. Rome brought in the Pax Romana. The peace of Rome is what it means simply. You have the political uh, landscape that was controlled by Rome. You had the Roman uh, roads that were built. Some of those roads are still being used today. They're still standing. They made travel safe. You could actually go by sea or by road and you, you wouldn't have to worry about piracy. Somebody robbing you. You can't even do that in the city of New York now. So missionaries could travel. So what does that mean? That means that the word of God could go out. You had a common language. You had, you had the, 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 the ability to get the word of God out. But you also had the military that was there as well, the Roman military that kept a peace. Now, if you acted up, you were going to deal with the Roman Empire. So it was a false peace, but it was a peace. They had 200 years of it. But you also had this thing that happened with the Jews. They had the, over that 400-year period, you had the, the, the parties that arose, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. And they established the synagogues and the Sanhedrin. And there was a longing for the Lord. There was a longing for to find something besides the false gods that were available at the time. Because people could actually read about the Old Testament now. Because of the Greek language. God promised the coming of His Son. And we read about that as we were in Genesis. Uh, one of the things we have to remember is, is, is Jesus was never a backup plan. He was the plan. Always. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. It was in the fullness of time, God's perfect timing, that his son comes. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now I want you to think about a time before the Jesus movement. 1968, Martin Luther King was killed that year. Robert F. Kennedy was killed that year. You had political unrest. You had widespread riots, cities that were on fire, racial tension at its highest. You had election year political turmoil that happened that year. You had the Vietnam War. And you actually had something called the Hong Kong flu, which killed millions of people worldwide in 1968. There's nothing new under the sun. It sounds very familiar, right? One of the things that we, we, we see is there should be a longing for us for Christmas. Not a longing for the Christmas story, right? With Ralphie and, and all that. My favorite was to watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Every year I was like, I, I have to see Frosty, I got to see Rudolph, uh, and I got to see Heat Miser, and, right? Because I, I grew up in a... In a um, a house that didn't follow God so everything was about Santa everything was about presence and there was no presence of God in our lives I read this quote the other day and I actually saw a video that actually talked about it it talked about the the ants the 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 red ants and the and the black ants if you if you put them in a jar they'll live in harmony they'll actually live in peace and harmony but the moment you shake the jar they start fighting and killing each other. They go to battle. And see, the, 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 the black ants think that the red ants shook the jar, and the red ants think that the black ants shook the jar. And I want you to see that that's where our country is as a divide. But who's shaking the jar? 
It's the devil. It's the devil that's getting us riled up. See, there should be an actual longing for Christmas. And so when we read that verse in Isaiah, it's, it's a longing to remember that there was a time when people had no hope. There was 400 years of silence and they were longing for Christ. Are you longing for Christ this Christmas? What are you longing for? As we look at that first piece, the sign, it's important that we read verses 10 through 16 because there's two promises that happen here. Because God is actually dealing with Ahaz. It says in verse 10 of, of chapter 7 of Isaiah, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, from the Lord your God. Ask either in, uh, in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David. It is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel curds and honey he shall eat that he may not refuse uh, the evil and choose good before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose good then and and the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings so Ahaz had a, a decision to make he had a test that was there and he failed the test he had an opportunity to turn back to God, and he chose not to. Chose not to. And so what happens is Isaiah speaks to the house of David. Because there's going to be someone, the king of kings, the lord of lords, that's coming. Ahaz, I'm sorry, you, you're going to face judgment. There's, there's hope that's going to come. And we look at that sign, that, that scripture of, of Isaiah 7.14 was written some 700 years before Christ was ever born. 700 years. I mean, think about that. Your average lifespan is 80 years. Most of us couldn't even name our great-great-grandparents. Right? Or go beyond that. 700 years that prophecy was written. The whole point of looking at the sign is to understand that Jesus is real. That the prophecies were real. That we celebrate Christ on Christmas because it's real. Emmanuel, God with us, the, the prophecies being fulfilled. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they became together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. We know that prophecy has been fulfilled. We also know that there was a prophecy that was there for the, the seed of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, it says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. And it's very important that you, this is why we study the context of Scripture, is because the, the, the verb that's used there is an imperfect verb, meaning that it's singling out the seed. It's a new seed. And it's talking about the seed to come of Jesus. And Paul goes a little bit further to confirm that in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say and seeds and two seeds as, as of many, but as of one and to your seed, who is Christ. You had the fulfillment that was given to Abraham, also given to Isaac in, in Genesis chapter 21, verse 12. We won't have time to read all of these because there's so much scripture that supports it. But that's covered in the genealogy of Luke chapter 3, verse 24. 
You have the seed of Jacob in Numbers 24, 17 and Genesis uh, 35, 10 and 12. And that was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verse 2. You have the tribe of Judah. The seed that comes from the tribe of Judah is Genesis chapter 49, verse 10 and Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And that was fulfilled in Luke chapter 3, verse 23 and 33 and also in Hebrews 7, verse 14. Those are just some of the promises. That's not even including the promised line of Jesse or the, or the house of David. We also know that the place of his birth was given in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among those of thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, one uh, come to me, the one to be the ruler of Israel who is going, goings forth are from all of the old and from everlasting. That is fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, a wise man from the east came to Jerusalem. And you go, wait a minute. The wise man brought what? They brought presents. That's covered in Psalm 72, verse 10. The king of Tarshish and the isles will bring presents. The king of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6, it says, The multitude of the camels shall cover your land. Uh, the dramedies of Medine uh, and Ephah, all those the Sheba shall come, they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. We know that was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. And when, he had, and when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presents, uh, the presents gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We have the, the prophecy of him being called Lord. In Psalm 110, verse 1, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I, take my, uh, take, uh, till I make your enemies your footstool. And this is David. David was actually, what's really crazy about this is David's actually able to sit and hear the Lord and then the Yahweh, which is our Messiah, in the conversation. And we know that was fulfilled in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For, the, uh, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hmm. And it's important for us to understand, like as we look at the signs, there always been signs, but they were answered. The prophecies were fulfilled. These are just a couple. There's over 300 prophecies, 300 of the Messiah. I mean, we look at these, and these were fulfilled. And, and if you just, and I've said this before, it's, it's very easy to, to practically look at this. Somebody did the math on this. So if you just took eight of those prophecies, it would be one in the tenth to the twelfth power. So that would be 100, then three zeros, three zeros, and three zeros. That's how, how the probability of those prophecies, those eight prophecies, would be fulfilled. And I've told you all this before. It's very easy to remember. You can fill the state of Texas with coins to your knees. And I'm going to take one of them, and I'm going to mark one of those silver dollars in red on both sides. And I'm going to go place that where I want. And you all think how big the state of Texas is. It's huge. I mean, just think how far it takes to get to El Paso, right? Get over to the east side of Texas. That's another 10 hours, easily, to the north. And, the, 
and you're going to stick your hand and pull that coin up. That's the probability that you will do that. The signs have been fulfilled. And that's important for us to understand. It's because a lot of people know Jesus. You tell people, hey, do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. But do you know that the prophecies were fulfilled? Do you know in Scripture those prophecies fulfilled? You know what the sad part is? Most people don't care. They don't care that they were fulfilled. You know what they're looking at? Your life. They're looking to see if your life matches what you're telling me. Because they look at you and they go, well, if you're a represent, representation of Christ, I'm good. I don't need to know you, Jesus. That's the problem with our, our culture today. That's the problem with the church today. Is we have too many posers. There's too many people acting like they're Christian. They say they are. They'll sit in church. But when they look at the reality of your life, they go, man, I don't want nothing to do with that. Don't, you don't even need to get into the prophecies with me. You need to go deal with your stuff. And that's what happens. So when we look at the signs, it's important for us as believers to know those. Because when I sit down with somebody and they're questioning if there is a God, because you're going to have those times when people do that, you need to be able to point them to the Scriptures and, and say, look, God promised in Genesis 3.15 that His Son was coming. His Son came. And here's another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And then there's another prophecy. And you just go through the prophecies with them and show them where they were fulfilled. We need to know not only the signs, but how they were fulfilled. Our next point is the Son. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. In Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 35, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know man? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, as the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. You know, and it's funny because people will wrap their heads around the fact that I don't know if we can believe that there was actually the Holy Spirit that came upon Mary. And it's like, y'all believe some crazy stuff. There are people that believe the world's flat, which... I mean, realistically, I, I, it, it amazes me some of the stuff that's getting pushed out there now. And, and the younger you get, the TikTok, like, it, it, it throws out so much misinformation. Do y'all realize in China, they don't allow any of the dancing? They don't allow any of the, the uh, bad behavior as they see it? Because they don't want their kids to grow up with that. Did you know that in TikTok, I don't know if you even know that, if y'all know this, that it tracks your mom and dad's phones because you're on it. That's why the FCC is trying to get rid of it because it goes into other people's stuff, into their, their routers, and it does have, it wreaks havoc. China has gone through and just wreaked havoc. But China doesn't allow any of that bad behavior on their stuff. They only show their kids doing things where they're awarded, things where, that will actually build people up. But in the U.S., they let them act a fool. And they do. And there's so much misinformation about God on TikTok. So much. Somebody said that, that Lazarus came out. 
so he's gay. They read the verse in, in Luke where Lazarus came out of the tomb. And I'm like, you're taking that scripture completely out of context. I'm serious. You laugh at that, but this is what's being put out there. And it, guess what? If you don't have a foundation, like if your foundation's not firm, like on the word of God, on the prophecies of God, of knowing that God is real, you will get shaken up. You'll get swayed and knocked around, and it happens. And the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. In verse 36 of Luke chapter 1, it says, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. I asked Grace, does she want to be an aunt? My four-year-old. I said, maybe the Lord will bless us with one more child. And my wife looked at me like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I said, well, Elizabeth had a child at her, her old age. And all she's like, no, don't put that on me. <laughs> and now the sixth month, for who here recall barren, for God... Uh, for with God, nothing is impossible. This is a reminder for us that for with God, nothing is impossible. Is, is for us to remember that the Word of God, as we look at the Son of God, that nothing is impossible for our Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have this young girl and, and her answers of spiritual maturity. So this is where my girl's at, right here. And I see you, and I see you, and you're on your phone, but I'm looking at you, I got you. I want y'all to know this. Y'all can do great things at your age right now. God can use y'all in mighty ways. God used Mary, and she was pure, and she had a spiritual maturity about her, and she's like, Lord, if this is what it's supposed to be, then let it be done. And I want y'all to understand that. Your walk is your walk. It's not your mom and dad's walk. You choose to follow Jesus as a relationship that you personally choose for yourself. And God wants to do amazing things through you. There's just a trust in the word of God that she has. It's amazing. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There are people that I know that are my age that wouldn't do this. That wouldn't be that quick. According to your word, Lord, let's do it. Like, what are we following? If we're going to step out in faith, are we going to actually step out in faith and just let the Lord lead? If we're going to follow Christ, like, I, I have no idea if we can have a building, but God knows. I'm going to step out. I know we looked at it. We were like, this is way too, man, I don't even know how this can happen. But if God wants to do it, God's going to do it. And we need to be faithful in doing it. But we need to also, for us, let it be to me according to your word. When you read the word of God, let it be to me according to your word. Like, when you open the word of God, do you go, Lord, it's, it says here. It says here that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as, as Christ. Like, love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm like, man, but you don't know my neighbor. But according to your word, let it be. I'm going to try and do this. But I need your help. Like, are we actually going to believe? Like, if we see a promise in the Word of God, to understand that promise is for you to step out in faith and do. If I'm going to share the gospel, like, Lord, let it be according to your Word. I've never done this before, but let me do it. Help me. Give me the courage, the, the strength, the perseverance to go do it. Mary, man, what an what a awesome, and we're going to study her more next week. 
Because we're just looking at right now the, the prophecy of the announcement of Jesus. But next week we'll be looking at the announcement of Christ. I love what it says in Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place when Canarius was governing Syria. Well, who came up with the, oh, well, wait a minute. We need to do a, um, let's do a census. Again, God is moving things in place for his son. Where's God, where, where's J Jesus has to be born where? In Bethlehem. Where's Joseph going to have to go? Bethlehem. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from uh, Galilee out to the city of Nazareth and to the, in Judea, Judea. Let me get that out. To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Again, prophecy fulfilled. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.